You are listening to the Campus Beat Podcast. I'm your host, Dinah Jansen. Each Wednesday on CFRC 101.9 FM in Kingston, I welcome a new guest from Queen's University to discuss news, issues, upcoming events, initiatives, and services for the benefit of Queen's students, faculty, staff, and alumni. Thanks for tuning in to this podcast, and we hope you enjoy the episode. Hello and welcome to Campus Beat. I'm Dinah Jansen. The Alumni Review at Queen's University recently launched a new podcast entitled Cause and Effect, hosted by Deborah Melman Clement, Senior Development Writer for Marketing Communications and Donor Relations in the Office of Advancement here at Queen's University. Cause and Effect explores Queen's philanthropists' motivations and digs deep into their passions and also the impact that these individuals have on the world. And with us today to chat about this new podcast is its host, Deborah Melman Clement. Welcome to Campus Beat, Deborah. Thanks, Dinah. So good to be here. All right. So, Deborah, before diving into cause and effect, tell us a little bit about yourself and the role you play in the Office of Advancement here at Queen's. Uh, sure. I've been the uh, senior development writer for the last six years, six and a half years. I uh, So development is essentially our fundraising function. So anytime our fundraisers go out and talk to donors, they usually take something that I wrote with them. So I write cases for support, which are basically the fundraising cases. And then I adapt them into proposals for for our donors. And hopefully that results in very generous gifts. (laughs) Thank you so much for sharing about your work. Now, what inspired you to get into the field that you're in? and, And what do you love most about the work that you do? You know, I've been writing my whole life since I was about eight, and I never imagined myself as anything but a writer, and I have written in various forms my entire career, and um, one day I woke up and thought, you know what, I'd like to make more of an impact on the world. You know, I was doing a lot of corporate communications for small businesses, and it wasn't making me want to get up in the morning, and (laughs) <laughs> I, I had done a little bit of, uh, of not-for-profit stuff and I was looking to do more of it. And um, I stumbled upon Queen's Advancement. I knew some people here and uh, yeah, now I, now I do get to make a difference every day. So it is, a, it is a good thing. And now speaking of some inspirations, how did the idea for cause and effect come alive? Did, did you and your team, team members uh, workshop and brainstorm some ideas or was it something that just popped into your head one day? Where did the idea come from? It pretty much popped into my my head one day, actually. We had done, when I first started here, one of my first big projects was a a little book that was a retrospective of our initiative campaign, which is the big fundraising campaign we did for 10 years. And it wrapped up shortly after I arrived. Mm -hmm. And I had been compiling stuff for a commemorative book. And Tom Harris, our old VP advancement, had an idea for another book that he called The Joy of Philanthropy, which was looking into the motivations and why people give and why it gives them joy. And I had a file that I had been collecting mm-hmm. and it sat there for many, many years and I had totally forgotten about it. And I just discovered it one day last summer, rediscovered it after years and looked at it and I thought it would be fun to do this, but then I'd have to interview people and I'd have to transcribe the interviews. And it, Wouldn't it be great if I could find a way to do this without having to transcribe? And then I thought, oh, I could do a podcast. And I uh, I pitched it to my executive director, Scott Anderson, and his exact words were, I don't hate this idea. 
<laughs> Fantastic. All right. <laughs> now tell us more about uh, cause and effect as a series itself and its overall goals. Sure. So the series is we're going to do a monthly series. We're going to interview just one person every month. They're short podcasts, you know, in the 15 to 20 minute range. Mm -hmm. um, just just putting the spotlight on one donor per episode. So really getting getting into people's stories, into why they gave. Um, you know, one of the things that we're finding is that especially with alumni donors, the giving is tied to their experiences. So, you know, you can think about Queens as the cause of their philanthropy and then as, as the effect as well, because their gift impacts the university and as well as the world. So, so it's kind of that dual exploration. It's the personal, but also the broader impact. Wonderful. Okay. And now what is really exciting you most about the project, especially now that it's underway? People have been really nice about it. It's really, it's funny when you do something like this, you know, I, I record out of a, a studio in my home office. So it's just always felt like I've been having little conversations and playing with them at my desk. And it's just been something that I did for myself and to feel it go out into the world and to have people respond so warmly, uh, it's been, it's been great. <laughs> Thanks. And now on January 28th, your first two episodes launched and they featured discussions with both Rick Powers and another episode with Kate Kemplin, respectively. Now, Deborah, can you tell us a little bit more about these individuals and what listeners might expect in your conversations with them? Sure. Uh, one of the things that they have in common, possibly coincidentally, possibly not, is they're both rugby players. Oh. And, yeah. And, and Rick's, Rick's podcast episode really did focus on the rugby. Um, if you know Queen's rugby, then you probably met, he calls himself Powie. His friends call him Powie. So you probably know him by that name. He's a very, he, he was a rugby player back when he was in university several years ago and uh, has remained active with the rugby team. And so, you know, we talked a lot about his experiences, his experiences at Queen's, his experiences with rugby and how they really shaped who he was. And, and we talked a lot about how Queens instilled the ethic of, of philanthropy in him. Mm -hmm. yeah. And, and how about Kate Kemplin's conversation? Kate's was interesting too. It was, it was kind of the same thing. It was this idea of how Queens shaped her, but it shaped her. So Kate's Kate is a rugby player, but the, the episode was less about rugby. She, she's a nurse and she came from a family of nurses and she studied nursing at Queens because she didn't really know what else to do, not really expecting to become a nurse. And she talked a lot about how, how being at Queens allowed her to see herself as a contributor in the world. And she went on to make really fascinating contributions as a nurse. And, you know, the thing about Kate too, is that she received financial aid while she was at Queens. And that inspired her to give back. Too. So it's, you know, with, with Kate, with Kate and Rick, really, it's the story of how they were inspired to give back. Mm -hmm. Okay. And now who else might you be chatting with in the coming months? Can you give us a few hints? Well, we are developing a pipeline. I can give you a name oh, of okay. my next guest, guest. I'm actually interviewing her tomorrow. So the story will uh, 
<laughs> the story will reveal itself. <laughs> yeah, her name is Kathy Owen, and she's a member of our board of trustees and also a donor to the Canadian Cancer Trials Group. So wow, that's quite an interesting story brewing. And uh, that one will be released at the end of February. Okay, so stay tuned, folks. And actually, on that note, too, how can listeners find the podcast? Yeah, you can find it wherever you get podcasts, especially if you get them from really big sources like Apple or Spotify or Google. Okay. So all you have to do is search cause and effect on Spotify or iTunes or Google podcasts, et cetera, et cetera, Deezer all over the place. Now, uh, so there are really great stories brewing here indeed. Uh, Why, again, if you can remind our listeners, why in your view are these stories so very important to tell? You know, I think, Dinah, that everybody has their own story when we give, we all give for a reason. And the reason tends to be very personal. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we also, I think if, if anybody is like me at times, we, we go through periods where we think, you know, I'm just one person. I can't do an awful lot by myself. So to be able to hear stories of people that are really just like us, I mean, we have some, we have some very, very wealthy benefactors. I would say that Rick and Kate are not among them. So they're very relatable. You know, there are people that anybody can listen to and say, oh yeah, you know, if they can do this, maybe I can do it too. I think, I think there is the potential to come away inspired by hearing these stories. And now I wondered too, what the overall plan is, are, are we looking at a short series run or are you going to have a very long pipeline of philanthropists over many years to be talking to? What do you envision happening? I, I envision being able to tell a lot of stories. You know, it's tough when you start something out like this because people don't really know what to expect. And so for people like Rick and like Kate, it really was a leap of faith that they took in, in being part of a very uh, young or I guess as the case was non-existent podcast mm-hmm. but as as it grows my hope is that people will see it you know one of the things that we're doing with this is we're using as, as an opportunity to steward our donors you know we do a lot of in our donor relations department looking at different ways to thank our donors for for the amazing gifts that they give us and we we put together commemorative books and we do events for them and this is just another way to, to steward the donors. And it's one that has, you know, lasting impact because you can listen to a podcast forever long after somebody's gone, you know, you can really create a lasting memory. And I think that a lot of our, our fundraisers are starting to look at this podcast this way. And so people are reaching out. And so we're starting to, to create a little pipeline. And uh, I'm excited because that means I have a lot of stories to tell. And now, do you have anything else to add, Deborah, before we close our spot today? No, I think you got everything. <laughs> well, thank you very much for your time. I really do appreciate it, as do our listeners. So, folks, definitely check out the new podcast uh, produced by Alumni Review and hosted by Deborah Melman Clement, who we've been chatting with here in the virtual studio today. Cause and Effect is available on Spotify and all of your other favorite platforms. Check it out today. Thanks so much for joining us, Deborah. It's been a real pleasure. It's been a pleasure from this end, too.
Hello and welcome to Campus Beach. I'm Dinah Jansen. Coming up on February 19th, Union Gallery at Queen's University will host another fabulous edition of Cezanne's Closet, a perennially popular and beloved fundraiser for Union Gallery running annually since 1995. And with us today to chat about this year's super glitzy virtual gala are Abby Nowakowski, Maggie Whitmore, and Katie Hetherington. Welcome all of you to Campus Beach today. Hi, thanks for having us, Dinah. Thanks, Abby. Yes, we're excited to be here. Thanks, Maggie. Thanks, Katie. All right. So before join or before launching into Cezanne's closet and all the fun details about it, let's hear a little bit more about you and your roles at Union Gallery and, and this event. Let's start with you, Maggie. Um, yeah, so I uh, am sitting on the board of directors for the Union Gallery, and I am the secretary on the board. Um, I've been involved with the Union Gallery for a couple of years, um, and before I was on the board of directors, I uh, attend, like came to the Union Gallery as much as I could as an undergrad, and now as a grad student, it's nice to sit on the board. Fantastic. And Katie? Yeah, so similar to Maggie, um, I also sit on the board of directors here at the Union Gallery. Um, I'm a board member at large. I was actually involved with Suzanne's Closet back in, I believe it was 2019, um, just as part of the, a part of the um, artwork collection committee. So it was kind of my first introduction to the event and got me really hooked on kind of this style of um, event, which is really exciting. And yeah, similar to Maggie, like my whole undergrad experience, um, been involved with Union and coming to see the shows. So yeah. Awesome. And Abby, how about you? Yeah, so I am... Uh, my official title is the administrative and communications coordinator, but I kind of say I'm the honorarium uh, hype girl. So I'm like pulling all the strings in the background and making sure things kind of come alive. <laughs> <laughs> Fantastic. Thank you all. All right. So let's learn a little bit more about Union Gallery, perhaps a little bit about its mission and membership, and also a little bit about its uh, various programs and exhibitions. Yeah, so I can take that on. Thanks, Abby. No problem. Uh, uh, Union Gallery, let's like take it back a little bit. So like you already mentioned, Union Gallery started in 1994. Um, because students didn't have a place to showcase their work. So um, a lot of the Queen's students actually protested along uh, Queen Street, kind of demanding a place to showcase their work and uh, kind of dictate an importance of what they were doing on campus. So uh, the birth of Union Gallery came out of that. And um, ever since um, the space has been made by students, for students, and today we even uh, continue that. Um, so the majority of the people who are working at Union Gallery are students besides myself and our director, uh, Karina Megazeni. And um, we've got amazing volunteers who are all students. So everything we do, all of our programming is um, for students and local artists as well. Okay, thank you so much. And now can we learn a little bit more about Cezanne's Closet? For starters, perhaps we could even start with from where does the name derive? Does anyone know? I feel like, I feel like out of the bunch of us, we don't actually know where the name, I don't know, Katie, Maggie, correct me if I'm wrong. 
but I don't know the origins of Cezanne's closet. Do you? I actually don't. <laughs> I, I, I do not. Uh, seeing as it was started before either of us were born. born. <laughs> uh, and that it's been going on for 28, or this is the 28th year. year that uh, it's a little hard for us to decipher, okay. you know, kind of where it's come from. But I think that, you know, if you walk around in Stauffer Library and in the uh, art history collection specifically, you can see that like, all the artworks that mm -hmm. Stauffer has purchased, like Queens has purchased uh, over the years. And it's just like, it's really become a household name on campus to have this event. And even it's becoming international, even with uh, different artists around the world sharing it and saying to donate and things like that. Mm -hmm. So I think it's got me lost in the mix. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So what is then Cezanne's Closet and how has it evolved to be the gala event that it is today? Um, yeah, I can take this one. So thanks, Katie. Um, in past years, this event was in person, but last year was the first year we did it virtually. It went really well. It was really exciting. Yeah. It was, it transferred really well to the online format and even, um, expanded it. So people who aren't based in the Kingston area could join. So we're really excited that it's going to be online again this year. So basically how it works is, um, People can purchase a ticket for $100. It guarantees you one piece of art and you get the Zoom link for the event. So um, on the day of the event, everyone can log on to Zoom and we're gonna be here in the gallery kind of running things here. Um, our hosts will be on Zoom and we have musical performance as well. We're all gonna be on Zoom together. It's gonna be a big fun kind of party atmosphere. And basically how it works is um, the order that people get to select the piece of art they want is totally random. We're gonna kind of draw names through the night and people have a certain amount of time where they get to choose which piece they want. So it creates a little bit of um, excitement and hype around that. And it's always fun when someone chooses a piece of art and the, everyone else kind of goes, oh, like that's the piece I wanted. So it's, there's a lot of um, energy yeah. to it, I guess. <laughs> Amazing. And what can attendees and supporters expect at this year's glitzy virtual gala? Um, this year, I think that we're going in a bit more of uh, a direction of sort of bringing back those elements of uh, the idea of really centering it around these pieces are going to be made for your home. Mm -hmm. And, you know, these pieces are going to like join your own personal art collection. And we want you to understand when you come into the gallery and see the exhibition that these pieces you know, you can easily picture them fitting on your wall, fitting in within your home. And, uh, you know, we're going to have musical performance mm -hmm. from uh, a band Hinterwood at the um, intermission halfway through. And so that's a really fun kind of different tone that we're setting with 6AM Productions and Hinterwood, bringing it sort of that like very fun, lighthearted, um, not so like, uh, not thinking about it being like a stiff event. Mm -hmm. Like we want it to be something that's really fun for everybody to attend. And, you know, I have friends that are going to be buying tickets. And if one person buys the ticket and they're getting the artwork, they can have their whole house, all their housemates come and watch like on Zoom and everybody's competing for the artwork that they want. And it's just like a fun time. Mm -hmm. Fantastic. And now with the event itself, uh, this is a fundraiser event. How do the proceeds raised by Cezanne's Closet traditionally support the Union Gallery? Yeah, for Thank you. Um, so as we were um, talking, so all of 
everything that Union Gallery does, we want to make it as accessible as possible. So one of the ways that we do that is by offering a lot of free programming. And so um, since uh, Cezanne's Closet is our annual and our largest fundraiser of um, the year, uh, a lot of the not a lot, all of the proceeds go directly to all of our programming that we can then offer to um, the Kingston community. Um, so the ticket sales um, all go directly into creating uh, career development opportunities and uh, hiring new students to come work at the gallery um, and community-based workshops that uh, we are very excited to um, have. <laughs> amazing, amazing. And now, Abby, while, while we have you for the moment, tell us about the hosts for this year. Oh, I'm so excited. So we just locked them down. And so this is this is like hot on the street. <laughs> um, but so we are having 6 a.m. productions um, who are going to be hosting Cezanne's Closet this year. We've got uh, Jose and Brent, who are theatrical, hilarious, and I've been told are Zoom pros. So we don't have to worry about any technical issues because we've got the masters taking care of us. Great news. Very exciting, too. All right. And now, Maggie and Katie, you are, in fact, uh, this year's curators. Tell us a little bit about some of the curatorial work that you've been engaged in to uh, bring us this amazing event. I can start. Yeah, can jump yeah, in. Um, yeah, so Megan, I'm really excited. We have actually done our undergraduate degree together here at Queens, and we're also doing our master's degree in art history here at Queens together. So we've known each other for a long time, but we've never worked together creatively. And I was really excited because I know that we have different tastes in art, but we have similar um, roots in art history. Mm -hmm. So we kind of really leaned into that for the show and kind of got inspired by some really early forms of art and display and socialization in art history and kind of brought that to today and our kind of contemporary appreciation of being able to gather together in this kind of space and look at art together and just be in this physical realm. Um, so we kind of played on that a little bit and brought in elements of cozy comfort and again, art for the home. So we brought fun colors into the gallery that were kind of inspired by even our promotional materials. Um, jump, jump in. Yeah, um, yeah, it's honestly just been so wonderful to kind of everything that the other, like everything that's Kate, that Katie has suggested. I've been like, yes, that's exactly mm -hmm. the same thing that I was thinking. And it's just been really great to like really play off of each other and uh, have the opportunity to uh, see how Katie would like to see the artwork hung and like, how I would like to see it and like being like, okay, so let's compromise on this. Let's work like that. Um, but yeah, everything that we've done here is kind of rooted in this idea of socialization with artworks and really interacting with these pieces in your home and that they're not just something that sits on your wall. And as we've seen over the past few years, it's really important that your home is a place that you love because you're going to end up spending a lot of time there. Uh, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And an understatement. Um, but, uh, yeah, I just, I think it's great to be able to have this, such a great space that's going to be this like comfortable and really like homey experience for everyone. We don't want anyone to come in and feel like that like white walled gallery that they can't mm -hmm. like look closely at things and that they can't, you know, um, sit on the couches that we're going to have and like that, you know, they can't touch things. I mean, you can't touch the art on the walls, but <laughs> you can sit on the couch and you can enjoy 
Thank you so much. Now, but to the nitty gritty itself, folks, how can folks get tickets and learn more about Cezanne's Closet happening on February 19th? Um, well, I think that uh, the best way to purchase tickets is through the Union Gallery uh, website. Um, and then otherwise, they all the tickets will be available and you can also come and see the exhibition, mm-hmm. uh, which will be opening on February 8th, so this coming Tuesday. Um, and so the exhibition will be on until the 18th. And then on the 19th, we have the event itself. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's great. So people can come in and like look at the artworks and decide whether or not maybe it's worth it for them to mm-hmm. buy a ticket. Because if you come in and you only see, you know, maybe one artwork that you like, you don't have like you don't have to buy a ticket, but you can come and enjoy the art anyways. Mm-hmm. Um, but if you see lots that you like, maybe you'll want to buy a ticket. And we're going to make it so that you can, if you decide when you come to see the art in the gallery that you'd like to buy a ticket, you can buy it right in person here with us and you can get more information from us at the gallery or you can also refer back to the website. Everything you need to know is on the Union Gallery website. Yeah. Yeah. And for reference, the Union Gallery website is um, uniongallery.queensu.ca. Awesome. And are there social media channels too? Yes. Um, we definitely have an Instagram. Yeah. So we're um, the little at sign, the Union Gallery. Perfect. Perfect. All right. So, Abby, what's exciting you most about this year's event? Well, um, to prove how excited I am, I actually have already bought a ticket for Sansans this year. So, as we've had all of the artwork kind of um, come into the gallery, um, I, I don't know if I'm biased, but this year, this is also my first year um, getting to experience the behind scenes of Suzanne's Closet. So it seems super exciting behind the scenes because the work is just phenomenal. There are so many local artists, there's student artists, there's recent grads, there's professional artists, there's, there's even an artwork from the Netherlands, there's artwork from... Uh, Alberta, there's artwork from all over the place by amazing, amazing artists. And um, there's definitely a couple of pieces that I'm already kind of not noting down to be things that I want. Um, But I'm mostly excited for all of the work that Katie and um, Maggie have put into it. I've witnessed them firsthand, putting so much energy and uh, taking real good care of how they're presenting all these works. And like they've mentioned before, this like home cozy feeling, I think it really comes through. The gallery is no longer just a white box. Um, So I think they should be really proud of what they've done. And I'm so excited for everyone to come and see all the amazing pieces. (laughs) Awesome. Uh, Maggie, how about you? What's exciting you most? Um, I'm most excited last year when I attended. It's just so it's interesting, like Abby said, you know, to see behind the scenes, of course, but I'm most excited always to see, you know, the different tastes in art. There's pieces that I've been hanging up that I'm like, oh, you know, that's not my taste. And like, and usually those are the ones to go first. And it's like, everybody has such different tastes in art. And it's incredible to see like how subjective art can be and how one like truly, you know, it's, it's the sense of like, we're all so different and it's great to see that. Mm-hmm. And uh, Katie, where are you at? Oh my goodness. I am so excited for our exhibit to open yeah. on Tuesday. Meg and I have really poured our heart and soul and everything into our collaboration 
and all of our curatorial visions for the show. So I'm really excited for people to be able to come in and see it and for people to be able to kind of make note of, okay, like I definitely want this one and this one and kind of rank their choices. Cause you don't know when you're going to be called. You kind of need to have a couple in mind that you might want to pick. So I think seeing the art in person is a totally different experience than being able to look at it online. Right. So we're grateful that we're going to have that opportunity for people to be able to come in and see it in person and kind of take note of what they might want to pick the actual yeah. event. Yeah. Yeah. And I don't know if I speak for Katie on this as well, but I almost want to like come and just kind of like sit in the gallery <laughs> and just like watch people like enjoy the art that we've, that we've hung up. We've literally been putting the nails in the walls ourselves. <laughs> so folks don't get mixed up because you might see some installation that might in fact be Becky and Katie just sitting there waiting for you. <laughs> so if you see a statue, <laughs> it might be them. <laughs> well, this is wonderful. Thank you all so much for joining us, folks. We've been chatting with Abby Nowakowski, Maggie Whitmore, and Katie Hetherington about Union Gallery's upcoming virtual gala, Cezanne's Closet, on February 19th. And don't forget to visit the Union Gallery itself to go see some of those pieces live in person. You can visit uniongallery.queensu.ca to get your tickets and certainly learn more. Thank you all so much for joining us and sharing so much with us about this wonderful event and best wishes on it this year. Thanks for having us. Yeah, thank you. Thank you for having us. Yay! Thank you for listening to this podcast produced at CFRC 101.9 FM at Queen's University, situated on the traditional territory of the Anishinaabe and Haudenosaunee peoples and brought to you by the generous support of the Faculty of Engineering and Applied Science.